Hi everyone, hope you're doing well. So look, I just finished a strategy session with a client of mine, a one-on-one -on -one session. And I'm not gonna share personal details about this person. They're absolutely awesome. I think they're amazing. Um, they're exactly the kind of person that everybody would wanna meet, love them to pieces. But something really interesting came out of the session that I see a lot and I wanted to share it because it, it could just be the thing that sparks that moment of inspiration in you. So, this person worked an incredibly high level senior executive position in Silicon Valley at one of the most famous brands in the world. You will absolutely know who this is. And now they run their own consultancy, amazing consultancy, just doing some incredible things and, and just, I mean, wow as an individual, great person. And then they're talking to me and they're talking to me about getting more people on the calendar and how do they position their offers and what should this look like? and. The, the way that I described it to them, and I'll say it to you, is it's like Superman forgot he can fly. They're stood at the train station as Superman going, God damn, the train's delayed. I'm going to be late home, forgetting that they know how to fly. And I think so many of us do that. Like I talk about this with superpowers all the time. And I say, you know, what's your superpower? And people go, I don't know. I, maybe I don't have one. It's like, you do have one. Everybody has one. That your superpower is usually that thing that comes so naturally to you and you do it with so much ease that you don't even recognize it's a superpower. You're like, oh yeah, that thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I do that. And meanwhile, other people are trying to spend money or craft the skill or work on that thing that you do and it just comes so naturally to you. Sometimes that's talking. Sometimes that's tech. Sometimes that's writing. Sometimes that's art. Sometimes that's connecting people. Sometimes that's putting two and two together and coming up with six. You know, some people are just amazing at stuff. And it comes so naturally to them. It's actually sickening to watch. You're like, I've spent thousands of dollars on trying to play golf. You pick up a golf club and instantly look like Tiger Woods. Like, why am I bothering? Right? And they're just so good at it. They're so good at it. And other people spend thousands and thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on learning to become a better speaker from stage. Meanwhile, and I get this one a lot, I can just start talking and people go, how do you do that? Like, how can you just talk, no script, no preparation, just hit record and start talking? I heard this twice so far this week with people saying, I plan a script, I practice it, I record it. Meanwhile, Phil just hits record and starts going blah, 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 and some good stuff comes out, right? That's sickening for some people. And I don't know why I can talk. I'm, I don't know, right? I don't know why I can't play golf. I don't know why I'm terrible at tennis. I don't know. But the point is, we all have a particular superpower, but it's infuriating when you come across amazing people that have forgotten that they're amazing. And instead, the knowledge at their disposal, instead of utilizing that, they're trying to learn something new. They're trying to do something new. You know, I had a conversation not that long ago with somebody who is probably one of the best podcast interviewers I've ever met. Just phenomenal guy. If you meet this person, you instantly fall in love with him. You love him to pieces. Right. If he interviews you on your pod on his podcast and you're an ideal client of his, you're going to fall in love with him and you're going to spend a lot of money with him and you're going to work with him just the way it's going to happen. All right. I had a friend like that in university who was like that with women. If he talked to you, you were going to fall in love with him. I don't know how he did it. It was incredible. Right. Meanwhile, you have other people who are just really uncomfortable with the opposite sex. But the reason I'm telling you about this guy with the podcast is I was having a conversation with him and I said, so what are you working on? And he said, I'm trying to figure out Facebook marketing. 
I said, why? And he said, because I've been told that Facebook marketing, driving people towards a webinar is what I should be doing to sell my program. And I'm like, are you insane? Like you are the best podcaster. Why aren't you doing panel discussions with your ideal clients or your ideal partners and just generating so much excitement and interest for what you do that people are going to be fighting a path to your door? It's like, yeah, but you know, I've been doing podcasting for a while now. Maybe it's time for something new. Why? Why is it time for something new? Why are you putting down something that works? I was taught a phrase when I was younger and it was actually said to me because I grew up with a bit of an engineering brain. So I used to like to pull things apart and put them back together sometimes without any success. Um, there's a reason why I bought a motorbike and pulled it apart and it lived in my mom's backyard for a little while because I couldn't put it back together. I wanted to see whether I could make the toaster go faster. So I pulled that apart and I couldn't figure out how to put that back together either. And somebody told me a very important phrase. They said, Phil, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? The other one that I've heard in more recent years is that successful people repeat successful actions. And we all agree with both of these statements. But then in our own lives and our own business, we pick and we pull apart and we tweak and we try and change and we coerce and we just say, maybe I should try Facebook now. Maybe I should try TikTok now. You know, do you think I should have an OnlyFans account? It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what works. You know what you're amazing at. You know what your superpower is. So please embrace it. Lean into it. If you have a phone book full of incredible connections of people who would more than happily come and speak to your mastermind group, then leverage that to sell your mastermind group. If you are somebody who knows a ton of event organizers and can match people together and play that connection currency game, for the love of God, do it because you're helping both sides of the equation and growing your business simultaneously. If you're an incredible writer, stop trying to practice selling from stage and speaking on podcasts. Stick to what you're good at, right? This is a piece of advice that I think is not given enough in business, which is why so many entrepreneurs try and wear so many hats, right? But it doesn't just affect entrepreneurs. It affects business people at all different levels. We try and work on our weaknesses. Where did that come from? Why, why does that happen? So in sports, you become a professional athlete, as I did, not by, you know, I was a winger. I was a terrible defender. I was an awful goalkeeper. I wasn't a particularly good striker and I wasn't really a good defender, which is ironic because I ended up at fullback, but that's a story for another day. The point is I didn't become professional and get my professional contract by fixing being an average goalkeeper or a defender. I did it because I was a winger and I practiced crossing and running, crossing and running, crossing and running, getting short, getting paint on my boots all day, every day. I practiced being a winger until I was the best winger I could possibly be. I didn't say I'm a seven out of 10 winger and only a two out of 10 goalkeeper. I should go fix the goalkeeping bit because I can't play every position on the field at the same time. It's not possible. So how do you win a trophy? by being the best player on the field in your position and by surrounding yourself with players who are equally as good at their position on the field. That's how you win a trophy. Yet in business, we're always taught, work on your weakest. Not, you're not good at, uh, at, at um, public speaking. Here, do this public speaking course. No, fuck that. Don't do that. That's stupid. Focus on what you're best at. You're not stupid. That's dumb advice. Do not focus on your areas of weakness. Find people who are really strong in your areas of weakness and create a superhero team like the Marvel of people who are just amazing, like the Avengers. Create your own business Avengers. Know your superpower, 
meet and leverage with the people who have a different superpower to yours that complements yours. That is incredible. That's how you're going to achieve some absolutely mind-blowing results. It makes no sense to me whatsoever that you're going to take that thing that you're really good at and stop practicing it and stop doing it to try and figure out something else. If you are amazing at delivery, but you're not good at sales and marketing, stop trying to figure it out. You've got two choices. You either pay somebody like me or somebody else who gives you a recipe. Here is a blueprint, step-by-step, just do those things and you will get to spend 80% of your time in your superpower and 20% of your time implementing a system that already works. Or find a partner who's really good at implementing that sales and marketing stuff, but hates the delivery. Hates the delivery. So they're going, I'll bring the clients, you deliver the work, we split the money. Boom, let's do it. Now they're hard to find, but you get my point. The point is that they're your only two options. Yet how many people are reading more marketing books, more webinars, more seminars, more uh, masterclasses, more seven-day challenges, more... more. And it's what? What are you doing? What are you doing? If you knew how to fix this, you'd have fixed it already. But you're amazing at this thing over here that you're ignoring. That's just criminal to me. Please, I implore you, embrace your superpower. Lean into it. Embrace who you are. Leverage it. Leverage it. And you know what? If it feels like it's coming naturally and it feels like it's coming easily and you almost feel a bit cheeky doing it because it comes so naturally to you, you're on the right track. Business is not supposed to be hard work. Business is not supposed to be overcomplicated. Business is overcomplicated by idiots that want to justify their fee so they make it more complicated. I've just had yet another one-on-one session where the person said to me, this is genius. It's so simple. Why didn't I see this? It's so simple. Why didn't I see this? And it's genius. Those two things should not live side by side in the same conversation, but they do every single time. You know why? Because everybody's trying to overcomplicate it. They see the answer and they go, nah, that can't be it. I better find something really difficult over here. Please don't. The world needs you to do your superpower. If everybody was focused on living their superpower, the world would be a much better place. But instead, people are forgetting that Superman can fly and they're forgetting that Spider-Man can climb walls. This is criminal to me. So if you take nothing else away from today, other than this message, it's please look at yourself, do some self-reflection and work out what is that thing that you are best at in the whole world, the thing that comes effortlessly and naturally to you. What is it? Because now you're getting close to your superpower. And now the next step is to work out how do we spend more time living in that space. So look, I was speaking to a client of mine the other day and he was talking about the article and the video that I put it last week about McKinsey and the fact that they had given 3,000 staff a poor performance review. Yeah, some of the staff were hitting back and saying, we're getting poor performance reviews because you're not bringing in enough business. And I was talking to my client, he's a small business consultancy owner, and he says to me, well, what difference does this make to me? How does that have any effects on me? And what I realized was, I hadn't been very clear on exactly how this was going to impact small boutique agencies, both in terms of potential wins, but also in terms of a potential pitfall. So I wanted to share with you in this video kind of exactly what I said to them about, look, there could be about 3,000 more consultants heading into the industry, which means 3,000 more competition. But you could also learn from their mistakes. You could see what it is that they are doing wrong. The reason why they're struggling to win new business at the moment isn't because they're not talented. 
And it isn't because people don't know their name. It's because they're not personable. They are a big, big brand, right? So if we talk about, let's say, tier one, tier one is your MBB, right? It's your McKinsey, your BCG, and your Baines. Now, these are the big prestigious names. They win the big contracts. They typically work top-level projects, high-profile. That's where it is. That's what they do. And they're very good at sandwiching together all of their combined experience to come up with great big grandiose statements like, we help $50 trillion a year and we work with 100 million people and blah, 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 blah. Sorry. $100 billion. Gentlemen, silence. What you don't know is, Who's the individual that's actually working on your project? If you're not one of these big, high-profile, sexy clients who's paying them a ton of money, you're getting the office intern, the junior, and therefore that they're the types of businesses that will look to smaller boutique agencies to seek that opportunity because, yes, is it impressive to work with one of MBB? Absolutely, but not if you're going to be getting the coffee maker, not if you're getting the junior intern that doesn't really know anything about business. I mean, the joy of business consultancy is that you are great at what you do. You understand business. You've been around. You see how things fit together. You do what I like to call industry and geographical cross-pollination to look at what's working well in this market, in this industry, in this country, in this sector. And combining all that knowledge together is what makes you a fantastic business consultant. Now, they're really lacking the ability to present themselves as a personal brand because they've spent the last goodness knows how many decades building themselves up as the prestige, big, faceless brand. And that's why they're really starting to struggle right now. They will still win their big projects. Their business card will still open doors, but it does create an opportunity for other people in the market. Then you look at tier two. And tier two, for me, is the likes of Deloitte, Accenture, Oliver Wyman, et cetera. They still get very good projects. It's just not as prestigious. And they don't typically charge the tend, tend to charge as high a fee as tier one. Same with tier three. EY, PwC, KPMG, also big names, but they're much more focused for me on implementation. They're not typically the big strategy thinkers for the big sexy projects. They're the ones coming in, taking the action, rolling it out, making it work, and then handing that bad boy back to the client. Whereas tier four is your boutique agency. This is your small to medium-sized consultancies. And what's crazy for me is that I like to use sports analogies a lot. And if you're a great sports team, but you're playing a game on Sunday against another team and you don't even know who that other team is, how are you doing your competitive analysis to see what it is that they're good at, where it is that they're weak, so that you can create a game plan to get the win? Like if you don't even recognize that you're in a game with these people, you stand no chance of winning. So what we can do here is really leverage the opportunities that are presented. The opportunity right now is that the reason that some of these larger firms are struggling is because they're lacking personal visibility. People cannot put their finger on, I know this individual person, I know that this is what they're best at in the whole world, I know that this is who they do it for, and I know that this is why people need to know that. So as a boutique agency, you are utilizing your face and your experience and your brand and your exposure. I mean, I feel like I say it all the time, but visibility plus credibility equals profitability. And most of the small boutique agency owners that I meet, the consultants that I meet, they're really, really good at the credibility piece. They have clients who love them. They get repeat business. They get referrals. And inside that small circle of influence, they are the bee's knees. They're the boss. But outside of that small circle, nobody knows that you exist. And that's dangerous territory because now you're falling into the same trap 
that has led that, you know, the big boys, MBB are telling you that they are struggling to bring clients to the door. And I'm telling you that that's because they're this big faceless brand that doesn't have the personal brand, isn't sharing that experience, isn't relatable. You know, technology is advancing all the time, but the purpose for me of technology is to enhance the human experience. The more you remove yourself from that human experience and become a faceless, nameless brand that's just this big conglomerate, the less attractive you are to somebody who wants to, you to relate to their business, relate to my story. I want to look into your eyes and I want to know that you're the person to help me with this based on your experience. If you don't see that that's a massive opportunity for David to beat Goliath by focusing on that visibility and truly, truly embracing the fact that if more people knew you existed, they'd want to do business with you, then that is a massive, massive wasted opportunity and a missed opportunity at that. Look, there's, there's pros and cons to everything in this industry, but the pros for me about the small boutique consultancies are that you're savvy business thinkers, right? You're very good at working across multiple industries, multiple levels, top management, C-suite. You can implement. You're an ideas person as well as an implementer. I think that's super powerful. The next is the huge amount of exposure that you can get and the benefits that you can get, like the diverse nature of the projects that you get to work on is just absolutely mind-blowing and phenomenal. And it's something that you should really be embracing and it's such a pro for working with this industry. Another pro is the kind of being able to travel around the world, work with different clients, work at different levels, experience different cultures, experience different co countries. There's not many jobs that allow you to really travel and being a business consultant is really one of them. Now, if you want to do that remotely and work from home, you're welcome to. I've got to the stage in my agency and my consultancy, I have to confess where I'm living in the Caribbean. I actually love my island. I don't want to leave, say my island. I don't own it. I'm not Richard Branson. But it's a beautiful island. I don't want to leave. I absolutely love it here. So I do a lot of my work remotely. But for many years, I really enjoyed the travel aspect and being able to go all over the world. But it's important to understand that there's downsides to that too. Let's just talk about travel. Sometimes it can get quite lonely. I remember being in a hotel room once and a friend of mine ringing me and he says, hey, where are you? And I didn't know. So I had to call down to reception to ask them because I didn't remember which country I was in. Because there's only so many hotel rooms and meeting rooms and back to the airport again that you can do before you kind of go, mm, okay, been there now, done this now. I also remembered actually a funny story. I'd been to Paris like six times in three months. I still hadn't seen the Eiffel Tower and I hadn't had a baguette. So I know it's quite stereotypical, but it was like, why am I going to Paris then? What was the point? Um, so hotel rooms start to look the same. So that's definitely a con. Another con is the sometimes there's a lack of implementation. I mean, if you're a boutique agency, you typically are the strategy person. You're working with the teams who are implementing it, but you don't really get to see the project through from start to finish or really get the results off the back end of it because you're the person who was there to fix that particular part. Or, you know, there was a couple of jigsaw pieces missing and then a couple in the wrong order, and your job was to give the missing ones and rearrange the others and then go again. So Sometimes it's rather than being on the inside, you are still external. And as a consultant, sometimes your job is is this part and the wider project is this and you do get to miss out on that. And sometimes that can be a little bit disheartening. You do want to watch it and see it through from start to finish. So it's just another thing to be aware of. And then finally for me is the roller coaster billing. And this is probably the worst one. Um, if you haven't got that formula right of visibility plus credibility equals profitability, roller coaster billing is one of the most common symptoms, which is that you do a big push on lead generation and you get loads of calls on the calendar and then you eventually win a project. And then you put all of your attention into that project, all those projects, and you're loving it and you're getting to spend all of your time doing what you're best at. The client loves you. You love it. Like the sun is shining out of your ass. You're shitting 
rainbows and daisies and everything's great. And then suddenly that project ends and you realize there's nothing else in the pipeline coming through. And now you've got a few more months of, oh shit, I better get on with this again. And now you start going, you're billing and lead generation again. So now you put all of your attention into your lead gen. So your billing does this. It's like, it goes crash, finish the project, not enough leads. Lead gen, lead gen, lead gen, lead gen. Woo, we just win a new project and you do that for a while and then crash, it does it again, which is why it's like roller coaster billing. What you want is something that's more consistent. And we all agree with that, but we understand that that's the billing that we want, but not everybody understands how to get there. Now, the truth is, it's the visibility plus credibility equals profitability. But I would say that, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stick a link in the chat for this particular um, post, whether you're listening to this on podcast, whether you're watching it on LinkedIn, or whether you're watching it in a pre-recorded video somewhere else. I will put a link underneath to an article that I've recently written. I promised I would write it. It's about how we 18X'd our consultancy last year. And it was all those things that we did in terms of the visibility, the credibility, the profitability, and each of those steps to get the recognition that we deserved, to get the right people on the calendar, to get the speaking opportunities that we needed, to really get that visibility and fill the calendar full of those ideal people. Just watch the video that's attached to that. Have a read of the article. That might be all you need. It might just spark an idea for you. If anybody has any questions about it that they want to ask me, I'm an open door. Come and ask me. Um, we actually do weekly group calls. Um, there's nothing to buy on those calls. There's no hard sell. You're welcome to come and attend one of those calls if you would like to. Just come and discuss it. But my advice would be read that article and watch that video first because it might just be the spark of idea to show you how to avoid that roller coaster billing, how to embrace that visibility, and how David can really beat Goliath in this race. What you want, making money while you in your box of shorts Feel like nothing or nobody is stopping you Even when they said it, it was impossible No need for hesitation Feel P, yeah, that's your man Go from the bed